Hi, everybody. Welcome to my podcast, Bridging the Gap, Real Estate for Women. Right now, it's a it's a difficult time. But what's good about that is that eventually, especially in office buildings and retail, I believe that there's going to be massive foreclosures and opportunities for people who are going to get into real estate to buy, uh, uh, not residential, but office and retail properties at bargain basement prices. As a woman in real estate, I know firsthand that women are underrepresented and still tentatively venturing into real estate investing. While that is slowly changing, my goal is to propel it forward. We can do this. I'm Atara Tversky, an attorney and real estate sponsor and investor from New York City. I'm here today with Sam Liebman. Sam is a real estate professional with over 35 years of experience in finance, property management, acquisition, and development. Over the last three decades, Sam has owned substantial interests in over 70 properties throughout the tri-state area of New York and in Texas. He is the founder and chief executive officer of Wealth Way Equity Group, a privately held real estate investment company. Sam is also the best-selling author of a new real estate book, Harvard Can Teach What You Learn From the Streets. Sam, welcome to my show. I'm so happy to have you here today. How are you? Happy to be here. (laughs) Thanks. So I'm really happy to talk to you today. I think you and I are going to have a ton to discuss, but I want to start for a moment with your book because I absolutely love that title. You know, I believe education is so important, but I also believe that there is so much we actually do not learn in school. So tell me a little bit about your book and that title and how you arrived at it. And and then we'll backtrack to your whole fascinating real estate history. Well, I'm just a kid from Canarsie, Brooklyn. I'm still a kid from Canarsie, Brooklyn. (laughs) Uh, which I call the Mafia Minor Leagues. It was a rough place to grow up where it seemed like every kid was connected. But you had to develop street smarts. And street smarts is basically learning what really goes on in the real world. And I've applied those street smarts to the real estate world in teaching. My, My passion now is to teach young people and other people how to build lasting wealth through real estate, but the right way. I mean, I know of no universities or higher education, you know, places that have a formal degree in real estate or real estate. Yeah, a real estate degree. I don't know why, you know, real estate is now changing from a trade to a profession. It's becoming much more specialized and sophisticated. And except for the motivational, what I call the motivational um, gurus on TV, motivational preacher teachers that just want your money, nobody's really stressing the fundamental concepts that you need to build upon to achieve lasting wealth. And that's why I really wrote the book. I've always been a little creative. I always wrote things down and little ideas, put them in a box and said, one day I'm going to write a book. And they kept throwing buildings in front of me. So that was put on hold. And then when the pandemic hit, I was literally moved into my uh, man cave in my house. <laughs> I am broadcasting from now in a new studio I put together. And I decided to write the book. And I finished the book. I got a great editor. I got uh, lucky that two big you know, companies wanted it. And that's been a passion and a labor of love for me. And I'm getting tremendous reviews. And actually, today, we just hit the Amazon bestselling list in uh, three different categories in, uh, in a bunch of countries, too. So I'm very excited about that. And my passion right now is not to be the richest man in the cemetery, but to, te- but to teach. 
Right. Well, you know, it's so interesting that you say this because, you know, you and I spoke a little before the show and I had told you, you know, my background is that I put myself through law school selling foreclosure HUD homes. Um, And that is not anything that I ever learned, right? Like it was just something that I sort of intuitively said, okay, this makes sense. I'm going to renovate for this amount of money. And then I'm going to sell for this amount of money and there should be a profit. And there was no such thing as, you know, underwriting. There was, uh, you know, spreadsheets, Excel. I didn't do any of that. Um, But now I think Mm -hmm. that there is more, as you say, sophistication in the real estate world. And there are a lot of courses and information. But I think what you're saying is really important is that there's not so much of the right information, right? Like there's a lot of people who are still selling this like get rich quick thing in regard to real estate. And I think you and I both know that there is no such thing, right? That doesn't exist. Yeah, they they don't teach you how the co how the car works. They teach you how to sell the car. Ah, you know, well you know. I'll tell you a funny story. I saw a tweet and I started answering a tweet, and one of these motivational uh, preacher teachers advised his followers to go to Mercedes Benz and sit in a Mercedes for fifteen minutes, so you know what it feels like to be successful. So I wrote him back. I said, I think you should tell your followers to go sit in bankruptcy court and find out what it feels like to be bankrupt if they follow your silly knowledge. And this is the type of thing. Nobody really is teaching you the the core fundamentals, how a building works, the different categories, about cap rates and valuation and how to increase cash flow and property value and NOI, which is what's based on how you figure property value, how to improve a building. I mean, if you buy a building and you don't improve it, what are you really doing? Right. Right. So um, because I am also, you know, advocating for more women to step into this Mm. field, um, I want to really talk a little about that. I think that you're right, you know, generally, and it crosses the gender gap for men and women. But I think, as I said, there is a underrepresentation of women um, investors. And I wonder if you have a thought on why that is. I have some thoughts, but I'm curious as to what your thoughts are. Okay. So I work with a lot of women in, especially in my Texas properties and got to be careful because I don't want to offend anybody. Um, But one of the things that we're doing is we're going to be marketing to women. There's absolutely no reason why women can't be uh, in real estate, real estate developers, owners. There are some I'm aware of, but there should be many more. Why? Um, I'm not really sure why, except maybe it wasn't up to now the thing to do. And um, women are now working as executives in real estate, in management companies, in brokerage, etc. And in general, either women or men, there is a fear. And, and you know this as an attorney, that a lot of attorneys who are representing me in real estate, I always say, why don't you buy a building? Right. I wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> right. You know, and, and you know, usually they'll invest with their clients if it's available. Right. But I don't want to say, you got to be careful, that it was a male-dominated industry for so many for many years. So the men had a, lot, a big head start. Yes. But there are a lot of women now that are going into real estate. And they have to get over, just like men, the fear factor. The fear factor of actually signing a name to a loan yes, and having the ability to learn the fundamentals to um, to run a property. You know, uh, one of the TV stations asked me a question. 
why aren't there any women legacies in real estate? You know, you have the Trump building, you have the Macro right, building, right. the Helmsley building, but I can't think of one building that's named after a woman. And that that's, um, shouldn't be. So the reason why there aren't any women, I don't really know the exact reason, but I know there is absolutely no reason why they shouldn't be and can't be. Right. Well, obviously, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, and I think, you know, and I think this is interesting. You know, women wear so many different hats, right? Mm-hmm. They're caregivers, caretakers to children and then to parents. And they're if they're professional, they're wearing that hat. So there's so many roles that they play. And this is probably if you're a professional woman, you're saying to yourself, you know, I don't even know where to begin in this. And because women like to be prepared and Mm -hmm. um, they like to research it, just the time doesn't allow. So I think that um, allowing women and providing them with the education and the knowledge for Mm -hmm. them to get into limited partnerships and to passively invest in this asset class is, will be a huge advantage for them. And, you know, I always say um, my company is Ascenzo Capital. And I always say, you know, I like to free up your time. Um, That's my goal, right? Because Mm -hmm. as women, when we have more money and we have more passive income, we also have more time. And what's more valuable than that? Um, So so that really, I'm, I'm so glad we share that same goal, you and I. Um, I want to talk to you about um, your start 35 years ago, right? Like your very first building, right? Like what happened? You know, like, where are you? Like, just replay, go back for me. Okay. So I I graduated from BC, Brooklyn College. (laughs) Okay. And um, I had a teacher that really inspired me, Professor Robert Miners, that's changed my whole academic life in in the way to study. uh, He would take difficult concepts, break them down with an example. And that type of teaching helped me. And I then became a CPA, accounting major, became a CPA, working for different firms. And as an accountant, I felt like everybody's scorekeeper. They were making millions and I was keeping score. Right. So I... You know, I always learned, always read everything and learned everything. And then I got a break. In 1982, a well-known attorney by the name of Bob Lee, um, the founder of Wolf and Sampson, and he wanted to break off and start a development company. And he was looking for a young person with um, accounting background to grow with. So I joined them. And for three and a half years, you know, I I got what I call my Harvard education was tremendous exposure. And Bob started with a couple of buildings and wound up owning over 20 million square feet across the country. And I was sort of his right hand man at the time. Mm -hmm. So after that, I wanted to be my own man because I, I was 26, 27 years old and hiring 45 year old people. Would seem old now. I'm in my sixties, but, <laughs> but um, I didn't have everything's relative, Sam. Right? Everything's <laughs> relative. So I um, I joined a partner, a friend from college, who bought a small accounting practice. Who's still my partner, Neil Tepper, and um, we built our own accounting firm. Started representing developers, and I said, you know, I could do this. So one of our one of our clients was the Kinsey Corp, which is a management company that owned oh about. They didn't know and they managed about 80 buildings in New York City. And um, they called me in one day, and this is back in 1980, 
1992, okay. when, you know, buildings or foreclosures were, were all over the place. Okay? That, right. I would say, if you want this building, you got to take this building too. And they called me in, they wanted to form a company called Equity Resolutions and buy all the foreclosures from the bank. And I said, well, why don't you do syndications, which is what I learned at Bob Lee at Mountain Development Corp. Okay. So they looked at me and I showed them why and how. I remember showing them the documents, which I streamlined. And they didn't want to, they didn't want to really do it. It's too complicated. I said, I'll do it. And that meant getting investors. And instead of using your own money to buy four buildings, you could buy 20. Right. That's what we did in 19 from 1992 to 1999. We bought over 30, 40 buildings in Manhattan wow. at prices you wouldn't believe. My first building I bought was 110, 112 St. Mark's Place uh, in East Village of Manhattan. We spent uh, we paid five hundred and seventy five thousand dollars for the building. And today that building is worth over $15 million. Talk about appreciation, right? (laughs) Well, it wasn't just appreciation. In the book, I tell the story of how. Okay. There were a lot of different factors besides interest rates. It's what you do to the building, the political environment, the foreign environment, how much investment capital is available, and how to get the rents up how to improve the building, get the rents up, and cap rates, which is the most important thing. And cap rates, when I bought uh, St. Mark's Place, the cap rates buildings were selling for was over 10 to 12%. Wow. Now they're 3.5%. Do me a favor, Sam, just for our listeners who don't know what a cap rate is, I'm not going to assume everyone does. Um, can Can you define cap rate? Yeah, a cap rate is is just basically, it's a market index, basically, capitalization rate. So what you do is you take your operating revenue minus your operating expenses, that equals something called net operating income. And then you would divide that by a cap rate, that the market cap rate. So let's say it's 5%. -hmm. Okay, so if you, you know, if you could increase NOI, by just $10,000 a year and the cap rate is 5%, you've actually increased the value of the building $200,000 if my math is right. right. And it's that that cap rate suppression or decrease that's happened over the last 30 years that have caused these buildings to be sold at astronomical prices, along with too much money out there. You know, people are getting zero in the bank, put it in real estate. and it's been 30 years. Uh, a lot of the tax laws uh, that were so pro real estate. I mean, think about it. I got a $5,600 stimulus check. I sent it back. They sent it back to me. I shouldn't get a stimulus check. No. Donald Trump got a stimulus check. There, you know, some of this depreciation that we're given, it's, I call it steroid depreciation. It's a little too much. But there were tremendous factors benefiting real estate. And now things are changing. I mean, right now there's some real problems. You know, you have you have interest rates going up tremendously. Right. You have insurance going up 40 percent. Materials, gas materials have doubled because of the short supplies, because of the supply chain problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, gas and electric have actually doubled. Right. You know, so right now it's a it's a difficult time. But what's good about that is that eventually, especially in office buildings and retail, I believe that there's going to be massive foreclosures 
and opportunities for people who are going to get into real estate to buy uh, uh, not residential, but office and retail properties at bargain basement prices. And if you go to samleben.com, my website, I do have articles on this that you can look at and learn. But I do believe uh, office buildings are headed to Armageddon. You don't have to live in a city to do business with the city right. anymore. You know what the occupancy rate in Manhattan is now? It's very low, right? 30, the 30%. 30%. Right, right. right and of course, right. nationally, it's 37%. Wow. Now, what's going to happen when those leases come up for renewal? You're going to have everybody saying, I need less space. Right. I'm going to, I want to want to pay $80 a foot anymore. Right. Have a big building, the stores who are paying $200 a foot on the bottom and saying, hey, there's no foot traffic. You know, I, I just predict that the office building market is headed towards Armageddon. And um, because it's mostly technology, people still have virusitis. And look, I'm in my basement. I had an office in Manhattan. I closed it. <laughs> You're in New York. You could be in Chicago. We're not going to miss a beat, right? No, no. And I think a lot of people are finding themselves exceedingly productive yeah. from their home office. So I think you're right. So um, I'm curious what your thoughts on the multifamily um, uh, market is, right? Because yeah. I agree with you. I don't think we're going to see um, a complete recovery of 100% occupancy or 90%, I think we're going to be closer to 60, 65. I agree with 1,000%. Right? That's the magic number. In that, the right? 65%, absolutely. Right? Um, yep. But I'm curious what your thoughts are on the multifamily residential world. Well, multifamily is very strong. There is a tremendous shortage of oh, houses yeah, right? and rental, rental uh, apartments. Right. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, you know, First of all, because of the high cost, the pandemic and the high cost, there weren't many jobs being built. And even now, construction costs have doubled because of the supply chain. Right. So there's a lack, there's a backload of, um, do you know, in Florida, a friend of mine just told me there's a two-year wait to get a, house, a brand new house in Florida. Crazy. Yeah. And what they're doing is by... All the other things because of the inflation, you know, the 8% inflation, they're raising interest rates, they're raising insurance, they're raising taxes. And all that's going to do is, is going to increase rents more. I think that's true. Right. It's, it's going to make also people unable to afford to purchase a home, which makes the rental market for multifamily remain strong. Absolutely. Right? I, be I believe. And also a lot of money, billions, billions of dollars on the sideline. They don't want office buildings anymore or retail. First of all, you can't get financing. So that money is going to be diverted towards more residential. Mm -hmm. And I see it happening now. The only thing I'm worried about is, you know, there's a lot of universal rent control that people want to do that it could be a disaster. Yes. I mean, you know, who's going to sign a $40 million construction loan personally when all your costs are going up and they're going to tell you, but you can't charge this. The rent is capped. It's going to happen. In Minneapolis, they just stopped 10 projects because of universal rent control. Yeah. So a lot of politicians, you know, they want to get votes um, and they don't understand the ramifications of their policies. And that, that's a big problem. And also a big problem is you can't get people to work anymore. I can't fill work orders because people, we can't get people to work. Wow. Crazy. Um, it really is. We're, the world's upside down. Uh, I do think that people should understand the difference between what I call a permanent 
change or expense and a uh, temporary expense. I write about it in the book. A permanent cost is the price you pay for a building. You can never change that. Right. But a temporary cost is if you bought the building cheap, but the interest rate's 9.75%, like I did in, two, in 1993 when I bought St. Mark's, um, now that rate was 3.5%. So insurance, although it's really high now, it will change, eventually go down. The fuel that's doubling and, 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 and gas and other utilities, I'm sure will stabilize once this war hopefully is over in the Ukraine. Right. So those are temporary changes, but there are, you know, the price you pay is a permanent change. You can't change that. You can't change that. So, right. so be careful not to purchase too high because I do see a lot of investors just trying to buy anything. And sometimes, yeah. you know, the numbers aren't working. I'm not really understanding, but there's well, a frenzy. Well, Wall Street just got what history uh, record high bonuses, right? <laughs> Got to do, do something with the money, right? Right. So, are you buying now, or are you saying, "Hey, I'm just going to wait this out a bit"? As John Lennon said, "I'm just sitting here watching the wheels go round and round." <laughs> I, I have over thirty buildings, and the administrative supervisory management function has become triple what it is, right? What it was. So we're busy just managing and uh, overseeing our, our other other managers. It's getting to be really hard. I'm a lot of the you know a lot of environmental uh, uh, costs that they want. They want everything to be green, which costs money. You can't even right. get people to put the you know, get work to do the work. Um, plumbers have literally doubled their prices. It's um, it's a very challenging time, but again, it's a what I call a temporary hardship. Yes, I that I think it's there is no better time. I'm doing this a long time for not just women, but anybody to first learn the fundamentals so you can take advantage of the opportunities that will be there. And remember, in, in the early 90s, I was buying these buildings dirt cheap. And then in the dot-com the dot bubble, and then the sub-slime, as I call it, mortgage crisis, again, we bought buildings in Texas for pennies on the dollar that are now worth a fortune. And that's going to happen again. Yeah. So prepare yourself. Learn, learn real right. estate the right way and become learn how to deal with any possible thing that could happen. That's what the successful teams do. They were prepared for anything. I had a very bad thing happen about three years ago four years ago, actually, we were doing a brand new development in St. Marcos, Texas, right across the street from the University, Texas State University. We should have been clipping coupons, but my, my development partner right in the middle committed suicide. Oh my goodness. So we had to scramble and do everything we could to settle, uh, to save the job. And because I had so much experience and so did my partner, we were prepared we, were, we had headaches and heartaches, don't get me wrong, but we were able to navigate out of it because we, we were prepared. And that's what people need to be if you're going into real estate or anything, prepared. We're also marketing to anybody that who is working in a real estate-related field, brokers, uh, title people, uh, lawyers, accountants, who were advising real estate people, but there's a disconnect you know, they don't really understand the other side. Right. So if you're working for a management company and you could understand, even if you don't want to buy a building, but you could understand where the owner is coming from and how it works, that's going to help in your communication skills and help you, you know, advance in your job. 
Right. I think that's a good point. Um, I, I want to uh, take a point on that you made. You know, I, I agree with you that now such a great time to learn and mm-hmm. to really become nimble mm-hmm. and there will be opportunities. But right at this particular moment, you know, with rates climbing, mm-hmm. um, inflation climbing, do you think that opportunities today exist or is it more that you're preparing for when things kind of settle down? Yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> preparing. Um, I say in the book, and I always say, you have to buy real estate when nobody wants it. Yes. Today, yes. everybody wants it. Right. And again, you know, if you can learn to master the fundamentals so that you can see opportunities overlooked by others. I've made a fortune finding other people's mistakes. Right. And um, that's the key to real estate is finding hidden value or identifying potential problems. Real estate's a game of hide and seek. Here's how you play. The owner hides every problem in his building (laughs) and you, you, (laughs) the buyer has to find it. But unfortunately, it takes much more time to find the problem than hide the problem. So you got to be, you know, we use a lot of real life examples to educate people in the real life story of how to buy a building. What goes on under the table, around the corner, in the back room, that's where you make the money. And um, that's what we're trying to teach. But I agree with you. There is no better time when people ask me. So where do you think real estate's going? I use the old Bob Dylan song. The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. There are so many variables. Mm-hmm. I can tell you if the wind blows left and this this the interest rates go up or this goes down or blah, 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 I can tell you what's going to happen. The wind blows right. right. I can tell you all that, but I can't tell you which way the wind's going to blow. That's and right. anybody that tells you that they know what's going on is not telling you the truth. I think that's true. I too absolutely many variables. Too many yeah. variables. You have a virus. Okay. God forbid another virus. Right. You, have, you know, the foreigners who aren't allowed into the country. You know, if the foreigners were allowed into the country, that would help Times Square. That would help conference place. That would help a lot of things. Right. Interest rates. You know, the Fed a couple of years ago, I think it was before the pandemic, said that we're going to we're going to increase rates five times. What they did was they lowered it five times. <laughs> so they're not consistent. Now they said they're going to raise it five times again. Do I believe them? I don't know. We'll have to see. So, yeah. So I go with the opportunities. You know, my tax return, I'll tell you this, where it says occupation, you know what I write? Opportunist. I love that. They let you get away with that. <laughs> I'm an opportunist. <laughs> I like that. Wherever yeah. it takes you. You know, yeah. I think that's such a very key uh, takeaway because I'm all about flexibility. And I think that's what you're saying. You got to be nimble. You have to be flexible. You know, you can't be wedded. Well, I only buy 300 unit buildings. Well, if that's going to be your criteria, you might be in trouble at a certain point. So maybe you need to be more flexible and say, okay, I like to buy 300 unit buildings, but I will also consider 80 units if it's a great deal. And I think that's really the key to real estate. I think to life in general, I can talk about that um, forever, but I think flexibility is really the key, especially in today's market, is to make sure that you don't become so wedded to the old ways that you were always doing because there's new there are new things happening every day and you got to move with the times. Yeah, I think that what's interesting is we're using in the book multifamily real estate 
to teach you the fundamentals because I believe that once you master the fundamentals of multifamily real estate, you could easily apply it to commercial and uh, retail, which is, I think, less sophisticated. And what's good is if you understand the principles of 50, a garden apartment complex of 50 units, the same principles apply to 500 units. The numbers are just bigger. Right. Right. Absolutely. So so it's all about educating now. And um, this is coming from the heart. No sales, no bullshit. When I see a kid light up when he learns something and says, you you know, you taught me, you really like it. And I have a bunch of interns in the next room I'm, I'm teaching and you're giving them, you know, hope because a lot of young people are lost right yes. now. Yes. You so know, true. and um I can, you know, the power of one, they say, how one person can make a difference. I'm trying in my own way. I can't solve the uh, problems of the world, but I can make a little difference. I also like being creative and creating these different things, crossword puzzles in real estate, these quizzes the kids like. And um, we're trying to form a community at samlieben.com where people can join, be part of a community. We're not trying to sell you anything, okay? Just looking. We are, I am developing a course, an online real estate course called Street Success Real Estate Academy, which is going to be, I think, like the best learning experience anyone can have. We're going to be taking buildings that I own and analyzing them from start to finish over the last 10, 20 years and saying, how did this building that I spent, uh, I bought for a million be worth 15 million. What are the factors that happened? Didn't happen by osmosis. And there are many, many factors that led to that. So it's a learning experience so that you can learn the fundamentals to build upon. Can't teach everything. I can teach you the fundamentals. Then you have to go out and read and, and current events, right. but you'll learn all the terms. You know, one of the things kids don't understand or, or anybody in real estate the categories of expenses and the subcategories of expense and what I call the E equals MC square of real estate, which is property value. That simple formula of property value equals net operating income divided by the cap rate might sound a little um, complicated. It's very simple. And all it means is if you increase revenue by $1, or you decrease operating expenses by $1 in a five cap environment, you've increased your property value $20. And I stress this thing to everyone. Keep remembering P equals um, <laughs> N over C. P, and I show them how we reduced an expense, okay, by getting another bid. How much do we increase property value, guys? And it's all true. And if you can reduce expenses, there are four ways to make money in real estate. You buy a building and you do Zippo, but you pray it goes up. And that's what a lot of people did and were bailed out. But that's not what the pros do. The second way is to increase the rentable square footage of the building, to expand the building, to build in in a basement, an apartment or on the roof. The third way is to increase rents by upgrading putting in new uh, appliances and charging more from that, understanding the way cap rate power is. And basically, believe it or not, the easiest way is to reduce operating expenses. And once you realize that every dollar in revenue or every dollar right, at a five cap is $20 in value. 
And the kids seem to really like where I keep score and I show them how much, <laughs> uh, you know, what's the running total. And they get a lot of, they get a lot of enjoyment at it. But I also try to make it entertaining. No, so, it sounds like yeah. you're definitely entertaining, but you also have such a wealth of knowledge. You know, yeah. I like to think of cap rate in a really simple way mm-hmm. um, that maybe will resonate. It's really just the percentage that you're making annually on your property. And if you think of it that well, way, okay. the way I explain without it, your, you know, you know, yeah. your cash percentage that, that okay. just makes it easy to understand. I think. Yeah. The easy way to understand it is basically if I buy a property for a million dollars and I don't, and I just want to pay cash and I want a hundred thousand dollars, right. I want a hundred thousand dollars in income then I'm earning a 10% rate right. on my money. So cap rate is, complicated a little it, it's easy to concept but the reason why cap rates go up and down is a little is a little uh, right. complicated right now there is so much money looking for real estate that the cap rates on a lot of buildings now are three percent and actually in, in texas they were lower they're selling multifamily communities for lower than three percent cap rates now crazy yeah yeah, yeah. And also, it's good to understand the inverse relationship, right? So the higher the cap rate, the lower the purchase price, the lower the cap rate, the higher. Um, what what I think I, I really, really love about what you said is, um, and I'm not sure you even articulated it yourself yet, but you're going to hear it and you're going to say, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. You really want to live a meaningful life now, Sam. It's not just about money. Right, and absolutely. that's what you're doing um, with giving back in your real estate courses and online and your teachings and your book. It's mm-hmm. really about saying, I have learned that real estate and exchange and the power of time, right, really can lead to a meaningful life. Because when I free up my time through making money in this way, I can then do the things that mean something to me and I can give back to communities and to others. And I think that's really beautiful. So I think mm. you're so right. You know, you don't need to be the richest man in the cemetery, like be the person who did amazing things. And that's what you're doing. Yeah. And show people, you know, if I did it, I'm no genius. If I did it, you can do it really. Um, which right. is true. You know, too many people have these egos I and mean, everyone has an ego, but you know, my thing right now is I want to have fun and I'm having fun and passion teaching other people. That's really amazing. enjoying it and, um, you know, writing this book and, and getting, you know, people to say, well, I really like it. And if you go on Amazon, we got 59 five-star reviews. That's and beautiful. To me, to me, I'm going to buy it and read it. And I'm sure I'm going to be able to give you another one. So that'll make it 60. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's just, it's just nice when you put your heart and soul yes. into something and people enjoy it and like it and are being helped by it. And that's what I like. Um, and, and that's what we're doing. You know, that's why I'm doing a lot of podcasts. I love talking to people. Um, like I said, I'll get better and better at it as I do You're it. You're doing great. <laughs> uh, I'm not trained. Okay. Um, and I'm just being me, good, bad, or indifferent or whatever. And trying to, trying to help people. And in fact, right after this now, I have another meeting with a woman who has a son that was actually drafted by the NHL. Mm. And he wants to learn real estate before oh, wow. he, he goes. So I'm going to be uh, talking to him about getting together, just giving him some tips on where to go, what to look for, and so forth. So, um, 
you know, so I tell also, everybody where where can they find you? Like, what is there a great well, way to on, touch with you? We're on all, yeah, we're on all the social media channels. But if you go to samleben.com, the website, it has all the all the different things on there. And what we're going to be doing is I'm going to be start putting on things. You know, we made a mistake. The people I hired to do the website, everything they did was to show, you know, how great Sam Liebman is. And I said, no, 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 no. When they go to your website, you got to say, what can Sam Liebman do for you? Absolutely. So we're changing. We've changed. We've changed that. And um, we're constantly changing where we're going to have these articles I wrote with like little funny pictures and things to, to really get people to learn, but to join a community where we can all ask questions, where we all meet people, sort of networking on and being part of a community where they could ask me questions or ask each other questions. And as they develop their real estate knowledge, if they have a question or a contact, they can do it right from, you know, one-stop shopping. That's what we're trying to build. I love that. I think that's great. I feel like you're, um, it's like sort of your next chapter, even though I'm sure you're going to buy more buildings when the time is right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing gets your adrenaline up if a good deal comes along. a good deal. Exactly. Um, so um, I'm really so excited that we did this and that we'll yeah. be able to air this and like really share who you are and the wealth of information that you've accumulated over these years. I love the way you're disseminating it. So thanks so much for coming on, Sam. Thank you. Thank you. I hope to speak to you again. Absolutely.